Hello and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We are back and we're going to speed it up a little bit. We're not talking about you two again, I promise. Um, although I hope you like you too. L- I'm a little more of a driving beat. <laughs> a little more of a driving beat. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. How's it going, Pete? It's going all right. How are you, Bob? What's up? I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying a nice, quiet evening here. Uh, Trax HQ is, is alive with the sound of music. And uh, so this much is a music. special one. So much music, man. So much music. Um, shout out to everybody who has enjoyed some of our recent episodes. We've been getting a lot of feedback. Shout out to everybody who really enjoyed that road trip episode. That was fun. I think we're going to have to do a few more theme episodes like that. Um, yeah. You yeah. Know, lots um, of lots of good feedback on that. I was actually considering uh, making a uh, road trip playlist based on what people recommended. I got a couple road trip playlists sent to me personally. So yeah, let's let's maybe uh, throw them in the blender and see what we come up with. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun. It might force me to do a road trip. Yo, I'm I'm telling you, man, you got to do it uh, before you can't. Question mark. Here's to hoping you can forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've actually been thinking. I was I just finished this major road trip, so I'm like, <clears throat> I'm in that sated space. Um, uh, as as people out there who have wandering souls who are not yet um, long distance tr- truckers, um, you get me on that long distance uh, no carry uh, truck route. Somebody hit me up. Um, <laughs> but since I'm not there yet, I, I do kind of get restless. I'm not restless in any way at all. However, I've been wanting to go to Toronto, Canada, for, Toronto, Ontario for a very long time, for several years. And Canada just reopened their borders not that long ago. And I've been like, man, before it gets cold, Toronto's a pretty cool city. Maybe Have one you of my been? Oh, yeah. I've been many times, uh, but it's been a long time. I think the last time I was there was 2007 or eight. And uh, yeah, I've never I mean, been. I'm very oh, curious. Yo, uh, size-wise, somewhere between New York and Chicago in that range. Okay. Um, a lot cleaner than New York. Um, and, you know, hey, I also say this on 12 years. You know, things might have changed. But... Every a really, city is cleaner than New York, Bob. I know, I know, I know. Um, a really fun city, a lot going on, different areas, just a neat place to be. Uh, feels very livable. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Toronto as a visitor. Um, yeah, enjoy it. I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things politically that could be better there. But I think you could say that just about everywhere. We're not going to get into politics on this podcast. but Facts. Facts. Um, anyways. Um, I'm with that. I want to visit Toronto. My, I I don't have any road trips lined up, but kind of sort of adjacent to that. I plan on riding my bike down the shore next week. Oh yeah. Where are you going to ride to? So I live pretty much as far, as far North on the shore as is possible, which I, I feel like a lot of people, maybe even you, would not even consider where I live on the shore proper. No, I do. I do. I do. I do. Okay. All right. Two towns further west of you, maybe less so, but like, you know, somebody from Keyport wants to have that argument. We can do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but riding my bike from where I live to probably Asbury. That's the plan. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. super fun. That is super fun. Um, we will keep everybody updated. Maybe we can have a... Uh, bike with pete theme on the uh the instagram <laughs> so speaking of uh everyone should follow us on twitter and instagram at at trackspod and email us thank you for the recent emails at trackspod at gmail.com easy to remember folks all right um and five star ratings please on five iTunes. stars ratings really help us um uh it's one of those corny things every podcast who's like podcasted a fucking podcast it says yeah but it, it helps us kind of get more in the feeds and in in front of people who would not hear us and especially with this kind of podcast it, it really does help so yeah it truly um, helps and not only that but like just telling your friends i mean if you're a music nerd chances are you have music nerd friends and if they don't listen to the podcast true, tell them about it true, um yeah if you really like it you know i want this i want this shit to be genuine i don't want you to just tell them just to tell them you know just because we told you not that you would but we appreciate uh the uh Spreading the word. Pete, today we're talking about... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know, dramatic pause. Um, 
<laughs> I was like, damn, did I say something bad? Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, today we're talking about a special record and a special band. And we're going to talk about it kind of, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, I want to do this record in the honor of treating it just like every other record we do on this podcast. So we're going to kind of treat it like that. But it behooves us and it behooves me, especially to kind of give some context. Today, we are talking about the record Manifest Decimation by the band Power Trip. Um, Power Trip, thrash, metal, hardcore band from Dallas, Texas area. Uh, Been around since 2008. Um, Southern Lord Records, this is their first album. They did two studio records bunch of EPs and singles too, which I think are all really good. Uh, Manifest Decimation is their first album. Why are we getting this kind of like sort of dramatic, you know, preamble? Uh, Lead singer of this band, Riley Gale, was a very influential and kind and well thought of person uh, in the music world. I think it's fair to say in the metal scene and the punk and hardcore scene, certainly he was a, he was a Titan, just a, an incredible person. And he passed last year, uh, far, far too young. And it's, uh, it's kind of one of those tragedies, um, that hits everybody. And, you know, there was that phrase, you know, like <clears throat> the the like they touched everyone they met in their life kind of thing, right? And I don't think I really knew what that meant uh, till I was older. And you know, you see it with with people who are very important in your life. But um, there's a lot of people who touched my life who maybe didn't touch everybody's life, and that they came in contact with. I should clarify. Riley seemed to have really left a positive. Uh, positive note on just about anybody who came in contact with them. So um, I encourage everybody to keep that energy and think about that as they traipse through the world in whatever way it is. Um, He left a lot of good impressions and he certainly did on me. Uh, He was a great guy. Had a good chance to interview him on Action Grind podcast uh, a couple years ago, three years ago now, geez. And um, yeah, he was just a, a great person. That said, the rest of the band um, also incredibly competent musicians and just an awesome band overall. Power Trip is a fucking great and like I think it's fair to say classic band at this point, uh, despite still being very active and relevant uh, in the recent conversation. I have no idea what they're doing here. You know, from from here out, it's uh, it's the kind of thing you just let bands and people take as much time as they need. Who knows? They they might never play a show again. They might go on tour. They might find a new singer and try to uh, continue on in his memory. I have no idea. But Pete, thank you so much for letting me go on that. Of course. Uh, what, what we're doing today is spending some time with their first record because it deserves your time and attention. So, no, without further ado, let's get into <laughs> it. Um Pete, uh, our general structure. Um, do you have? Did you have familiarity with Power Trip prior to this listen? I did. Um, so I actually. So I don't know. I guess I'll give the full context. Please. As some of some of our listeners know, I guess um, I grew up in punk and hardcore um, as a drummer for bands. Um, you and I—that's actually how you and I met. Um, so we're both pretty familiar with punk hardcore kind of in like writ large. Yes. Um, I have not been paying super close attention for the last 15 years, if I'm being honest. Um, but I, I keep tabs, you know, I'll listen to records here and there. I'll have friends. You're one of them who might good you know, like that. Th- throw records my way. Um, cause I'm interested in what's happening. It's just, you know, life gets crazy, um, as you get older and things happen. So you don't have as much time to just be deep in it. So, um, yeah, so I actually, I think, 
I think I was turned on to Power Trip. I'm not gonna lie, through Axe to Grind. Um, I think it was when nice. when when your podcast first started, and I think you were talking about the best records of that year, and um, Nightmare Logic was one of them, which is their second record. And I, li- I listened to that. I was really impressed. I was super into it. And then I just went back and kind of got all their stuff and was really into it. And then I saw them a few times and uh, they were a great, 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 great live band. Um, so I was familiar with it, although I will say that it's not the record that I went back to. Um, there were a few tracks on it that I really loved that I remembered them playing live that really impressed me. They, they impressed yeah. me honestly more live than they did on the record. Um, but if I went to a power trip record, it was always nightmare logic. So, um, this was a fun kind of revisiting of this album for me. Well, and and so that was the origin point of us doing this record is because I have long maintained that nightmare logic is the record and it's awesome. And, um, it really is, straight up incredible it's a great great album so um obviously i hope you're listening to manifest estimation in preparation for this episode but you know keep keep going listen to nightmare logic too because that's my next step right now i always said hey manifest estimation is very good but nightmare logic is better and now i have to really listen to both and think about it because i'm not sure anymore <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll give my familiarity with the band. Uh, I was aware of them way back. I believe they played a festival that I put on. Did they play in 2009? I think they did. So I came into contact with these guys uh, way back. Uh, me and two of my friends did a punk and hardcore festival called Sound and Fury Festival in Southern California. Uh, Shout out to my buddies, Todd and Riley. Um, And these dudes were amongst a uh, group of kids from Texas who from the very first year drove out every year. Um, I don't know who was in, still is, maybe was just friends of the band, but but these kids were just awesome and their passion for music and energy. It was just, just exuding, like just pulsing off of them. Riley was one of those guys. Power Trip ends up playing in 2009, which is the last year that I was officially a part of the festival. Um, we, we actually passed it along to a couple other guys for the next few years and, and in recent history, my, my buddy Riley uh, started doing Sound of Fury again, which is fantastic. And so I, that's the last time I saw Power Trip was at Sound of Fury 2019 when they headlined the whole thing, which was a pretty cool bookend to that because they played, you know, they were a small band in 2009. Um, and I don't know that any of us ever saw them becoming what they did which is a undeniably important band in both the hardcore and punk and maybe even more so metal world. So uh, so I, I'm very excited to talk about this record. That um, Sound and Fury set, the headlining one, by the way, is on YouTube, and it's great. It's fucking awesome, right? Yeah. Like, and just to give context, too, Sound of Fury is a, uh, it's like a two day, I think it's a Friday and a Saturday festival at this point, but there's also, sometimes they'll do a thing on Thursday. The headliner of the first night was the reunited hardcore band Have Heart, who, it was a pretty, pretty big deal. There's almost no one I could see being able to go take the stage the next night and be able to do it. But Power Trip didn't just do it. Now looking back, people are like, yo, that that was a set. Oh my God. So, you know, all the respect and love to have heart. Those are my friends and uh, they mean a lot to me. A lot, lot to me. But it's really cool that Power Trip was able to do something that was able to stand on its own too in that kind of comparison. You know, it's it's wild. So um, 
I actually think this is an interesting record to talk about, not just in the context of them as a band, but in the context of a couple different music scenes, um, being punk and hardcore and, and metal, of course, that I think this record is quietly very important and has impacted the genres in that way that every so often in underground music, a record comes along and basically bends things like, like an asteroid, like a, a, like some sort of gravity pulling object flying through. Um, (laughs) and this is kind of where it starts. Not, not that they had established themselves by the time manifest estimation comes out, which is 2013. But, uh, but this is the record that kind of like, it's like, oh shit, it's on. Like to me, this record, I, I put it on. And I'm like, I remember the first time I heard it was, which was probably a year after the record came out. I was, I have to be, I'll, I'll do the Pete uh, honesty piece here too. <laughs> From about 2010 to 2014, 14, yeah. I was really tied up in life. I, someone could say I was locked up in life. <laughs> I had a lot of stuff going on. I had a kid in 2013, just job stuff, real life stuff, other projects I was working on. So I was still checking out music, especially hardcore or punk music, but it was, it would be few and far between sometimes. I remember putting this record on because I was like, oh yeah, power trip. Awesome. Let me check this out. This is like a big deal. And in the first song, there's there's just a sequence where I'm like, "Oh shit! Like this is this is it. This is a band now. Like this is a really big deal." And you can just feel it. So, pretty yeah. cool. All right, so I have a question for you. Um, and I know that you just said you were obviously very busy in 2013, but give me a little bit of the context because, um. I know that Nightmare Logic was kind of this defining moment for them um, and definitely took them to another level in in a lot of ways. Sure. So was this record super hyped when it came out? Was this something that people were really looking forward to? Or was that more like the Nightmare Logic second LP where people were like ready for it? No. I mean, this is... Okay, uh, to to harken back to you two from last week, <laughs> Nightmare Logic is more like Joshua Tree, and this is like War. Got it. Um, this record, it didn't take fans of the band by surprise because they had released records already, Armageddon Blues, and these different EPs. They had a comp track that was like, oh shit, um, on a compilation released by the record label Triple B Records, uh, America's Hardcore, there's a Power Trip comp song that just... It was like, oh, this is so good, everybody's paying attention to it. You have to. This this band's... So that... I like plug, that that still exists on comp tracks, by the way. 100%. That's awesome. Uh, Low-key, something that's still a cool thing in small pockets of the world. Uh, the record's being released by Southern Lord, which means something to a lot of people more people in the metal world than the hardcore world for sure that's that's my second question yeah right and when it came out it was like oh shit and it just it just got enough attention and it just hit the way you would want it to that the non in the thick of it outlets kind of took had to pay attention uh kind of a big deal for a record like this to get an eight from pitchfork and that's what it got. Yeah. You know, that that matters. So, um, and the fact they were able to do largely a classical thrash metal, heavy metal, punk and hardcore record that just feels authentic in every leg of that statement. You know, um, I don't, I, you know, I, anyways, I'll gush about it more as we go on. But you said you had another question. Yeah, I mean, the other question is just about the fact that it came out on Southern Lord. Like, like, I'm going to preface this by saying, I know that it doesn't matter. It provably does not matter. But like, are they a hardcore band? Are they a metal band? Were they bigger in the hardcore scene than the metal scene? I imagine that was the case. But like, was 
was this record received by the metal community in the in the same way that it was by the hardcore hardcore community? I think it was received by both. Um, okay, this was not the introduction of Power Trip to the hardcore scene, but it very well could have been to the metal scene. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, or at the metal scene at large, this was their kind of like opening salvo, like oh shit, gotta check out this band. Um, meanwhile, for for hardcore and punk kids, it's like yes here it is the crowning moment like this is what it's all been building up to you know um and there's a compilation if anybody's interested for their material that's largely from before uh manifest decimation which is called open uh what is it called it's um open fire opening fire opening fire released by dark dark operative got a bunch of little singles and comp tracks it's awesome but that gives you the like, okay, where were these guys coming from? Sonically, you can hear like, oh yeah, they're taking all these cues. And I think they just hone it in for Manifest Decimation and then perhaps even more so in Nightmare Logic. But now I've got, you got me questioning myself. So Manifest Decimation brought them awareness to the metal scene and then Nightmare Logic was just like solidifying, hey, this is a band. They're going to go out and tour with... You name it, <laughs> they they played with them or toured with them in the metal world, you know? So, yeah. Uh, Last time I saw them was with, uh, with High on Fire. Right. So, and I mean, I believe they had a tour scheduled for last summer with Lamb of God and Creator. So, okay. You know, just to give them, to give that context, yeah, they were there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think they really matter. And I think it really does start here on Manifest Decimation, which brings me to a question for you, Pete, um, that I've been thinking about. Is this record more of a metal record or more of a hardcore and punk record? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why I kind of pitched that question to you in a way. I mean, for, for, cause for me, sonically it's, it's, it's a metal record. Um, Mm -hmm. but like, in spirit, it's a hardcore band. Well, so sure. Like when you ask that question, yeah, that's that's the exact answer, and that's kind of the tried and true thing for for someone who maybe is uninitiated. Um, punk and hardcore is a smaller scene than metal. A little bit more ownership. A little bit more, <clears throat> you know, um, less of a, a press for flesh, and and you know quote-unquote success and more of a like hey we're doing this with integrity in the way we want to on our own terms and major kudos to power trip because they were able to move into the metal world by doing it on their own terms like it's straight up not unheard of but virtually unheard of it's hard to do yeah so um but sonically this record i think you know, there's all those like hold my beer style memes. <laughs> I think Manifest Decimation basically looks back at the mid 80s crossover era where you were having hardcore and punk bands go metal, and you know, you were seeing metal bands who were doing thrash, and like there was a lot of commingling and like idea sharing and swapping and all this kind of. Right. Know, crazy orgy of music, basically. And I think Power Trip just synthesized all of that. We're like, oh, it's interesting that you guys were so clumsy in the way you executed this. We learned from all of you and have presented the very best possible version of this. Yeah, well said. You know, I, I just think, like, is it metal? Is it hardcore? Well, <clears throat> yes. <laughs> You know, it just doesn't matter at all. Yeah, and and so that's the kind of thing. And and I put some notes in here um, that we'll get to as we go through the track by track. But but I I was very impressed on this re-listen. I for a long time have had Nightmare Logic as my go-to, and you Mm -hmm. know, and then even opening fire for some of those comp tracks, I'd go back and and just spin a couple songs here and there. Yo, I don't I don't know what to do now. I, I I I gotta I gotta celebrate the whole catalog basically um i mean i think you should definitely celebrate the whole catalog i have i have opinions but i'll i'll save them 
All right, let's get it. Um, any other big thoughts on this record before we we get in? Because, um, yeah, like like for context, this is their first album. I think this is a crowning moment for them as a hardcore band, and really like, hey, this is a band who can headline shows and do big things in the hardcore world, but also it's so 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 good on a purely if you're just looking at it as a metal listener it's so good that they were now undeniable like anyone who was trying to write them off or dismiss them as like oh that's just some punk band whatever whatever could no longer do that with manifest decimation on the table so yeah agreed two notes for me just first of all the cover art fucking rules um oh, second yeah. of all um so they they formed in 2008. This came out in 2013. So that's five years. Yep. Um, that they were active. I mean, and Bob, keep me honest here, but they were actively touring, right? And so actively touring in the punk and hardcore band, right? Like, right. Okay. I think. I mean, <clears throat> just doing the math, I think you had members of this band who were 18 to 20 around that time frame, you know, or, or like in their early twenties, basically, you know? Okay. So, uh, you know, early twenties, maybe 22, 23, 24. Um, and then it's like by manifest decimation, it's starting to go, wait a second. I guess we're just touring full time now. Damn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, so playing lots of shows, putting yes. out records. Um, so, uh, it harkens back to actually, the first episode of this podcast, this iteration of the podcast that we did, the stone mm. roses who took six years, um, to record their first LP. And I think it shows, you know, I mean, you spend time kind of forming, kind of getting the, the vibe of all the players that you're with. Yo, that's and, an uh, awesome point. Huh? Yeah. It just, uh, I, I, I really feel like when, when bands take the time, I mean, it can work both ways. There are bands who are together for five seconds who put out great LPs, but it also it it really shows I think when bands are together for a little longer, um, yeah. and really like know themselves as musicians and can put together a really coherent record. So I think it shows on this one too. Interesting concept too, especially in this kind of world of the more aggressive stuff. Huh. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have to talk about that uh, later. The 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 long play of the long play. Yeah, Um, because there's a few other bands that jump to mind quickly where it's like, yeah, we took some time to get to our LP. We weren't in a rush and then nailed it. And then see if there's any that we can think of where where it was a miss. True. All right. uh, Topic for another day. Great point. So track by track, let's get into it. Manifest Decimation, first song. So this is the one where I said after, you know, kind of putting it off and not listening to the record for a while, um, at about the two minute and 20 second point until the break around 3.30 is just this moment where like, oh shit, this band, here it is. This is it. This is the band who synthesized metal and hardcore punk. (laughs) Here we go. And they did it flawlessly um i think this song clearly i I mean obviously i'm saying it's keeper um this song is a great intro to the band i think and i because i think you get a lot of the elements that that really um that really pull you in um i think i don't i can't think of any metal records where i like the drum sound better 
on the than on this record. I just love the drum sound. I just love it. I love the speed of it. I love the tempo changes. I just think the drumming is incredible. I think you get a lot of the vocal personality right up front in this song. Um, there's a few points further along in the record where I think it peaks better, but I think this section also, especially in the middle of the song, it's headbanging. It's you know, you need to move your body when you hear this song. It's just, it's driving. So, um, yeah, like, uh, this is, this is such a cool intro song to the album. Yeah. It's a great song. I like, I like the like dark kind of synthy industrial intro. I think it's cool. Yep. Um, and they kind of revisit that a little bit throughout the course of the record, which is cool. It's super heavy. Um, I, I think it's a great song. I think, so here's, I'm just going to yeah, kind of like I did kind of yeah. like I did last week just putting it out on front street my my only issue with this record I think the songs are like all pretty much super sound and great. Yes. I don't love the production. Really? Interesting. It's just it's it's there's so much reverb and so much echo on everything okay. that it makes the whole thing a little muddy. Um, which I think they dialed in on Nightmare, Nightmare Logic, Logic, sure. Where where there was still that reverb and still that echo, but it wasn't it wasn't all over the place like this one is. Mm-hmm. So that and and that for me just like I like I like sharp sounds, and there's no real sharp sounds on this record. It's all kind of like washy. Oh, you know what? I think there is. Um because I agree, I tend to like sharp sounds. I think there's a couple points. I think on the song Condition to Death, mm-hmm. you get a little bit of sharpness in that guitar sound. Sure. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's there. I just mean it should, that it's it could like be overall, more. I, it's, like, I think, it's a little muddy. No, and if I'm, if I'm being really, if we're pulling this apart, I'm usually a huge fan of vocals being in the mix. I want. I don't want vocals on top of my music, especially the more aggressive it is. I don't want pop vocal production on aggressive music. So, so I would lean if somebody's like, "Hey, do you want this to be, you know, a plus twenty in in the mix, or do you want it to be minus five? I'd go minus five most times. Here, I would like the vocals up a little bit because I think they get lost in the production. Um, just a little bit, but I think some of that might have been an intentional decision for metal production, which yeah. is which is interesting, you know. Um, and I think it's I think it's a big thing because one of my biggest complaints about metal production of the past twenty five years, yeah, twenty five years at least, um, <laughs> is vocals being too high and too clean in the mix true and it's and and everything else is so sharp that it's like almost not putting yeah Yeah, when you listen to 80s thrash metal records the vocals are higher in the mix but they're not on top of it and everything's so turned up you know Mm -hmm. so um so anyways um all right so i'm good with that i was gonna ask you do these songs feel long to you because they have they have run times you know what i mean these aren't these aren't like short, these aren't power violence songs, you know? The lengths 433, 402, 322, 352, 346, 445, 352, 626. Mm-hmm. No, they Do don't they feel, feel long. I don't think so either. Um, which part of me is like, okay, I'm judging them on the metal scale because in a lot of ways, these are more, these song structures are more akin to metal than they are to hardcore or punk. Yeah. Which was a big thing I was kind of parsing in my head was there's certain songs where it feels like, hey, this is more of a, more of a metal structure song, or then this is a, a hardcore song with a metal structure, or this is hardcore. This is a hardcore song placed into a metal structure, or this is a metal part put into a hardcore structure. They do some really neat and fun things sonically that create this bridge and enhance the listening experience. Major, yeah, exactly. So. I mean, that, that's that's part of the thing is like there's there might be longer songs, but there's enough dynamic in the song structure that it's it's it keeps it interesting. Yes, hundred percent. So, all right, um, next track, Heretics Fork. Uh, I love the breakdown in the song. Yes. I love the lead guitar in the song. 
it's fast. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I think the drum speed, I like it that it's breakneck fast almost the entire way through. I mean, the entire way through till you hit the break. Mm-hmm. Um, this song is like pummeling in that rock tumbler way that I'm like, oh, you know what? This is This is a metal thing. And to give a little bit of insight, this song, um, Crossbreaker, I think for sure, um, Drown, all bring metal parts to hardcore that has changed a lot of the way the music, the genre has been played. There's mm-hmm. so much more metal in hardcore now than there was prior to this, even even in the 2000s, like... 2000 to 2010 you just didn't hear the same uh the same amount of churning and kind of pummeling and like crunchy guitar in this specific way as now you find littered all over various hardcore bands of different styles not even hardcore bands that are trying to do what power trip did Mm -hmm. hardcore bands that are trying to do kind of this like more beat down thing or heavier stuff or different things, they all inevitably have these parts that pull from thrash metal. And I have to, I have to say that power trip was, was the, the tent pole on this whole cottage industry. So sure. (laughs) um, Yeah. I mean, that's, what's interesting to me about it is it just, it seems like there's no, you know, as, as somewhat of a, like an outsider looking in, it doesn't seem to me that there's like uh, a differentiation now. Like when I was growing up, it's like Earth Crisis were very different from, uh, I don't know, like In My Eyes or sure. American Nightmare even. Sure. You know, where like like they were two very distinct lanes. Whereas now like that differentiation between like what is like more metal influenced and what is more hardcore core influence doesn't really matter as long as you have that spirit. Yes. And I think that's cool. So, yeah, I completely agree. And, um, we'll get to it, but we'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the song and the whole record is very high on the dramatics. They understand the moment and the moments in these songs and like, it's the exact right tone between the seriousness of it and like the style and what they're saying and all that and knowing like, Hey, if we do this brief pause and then the break, it's this shit can be really fun, you know? Yeah. So, um, big, big fan of that. So, all right, next track condition to death. This song is awesome. I remember vividly seeing them play this song uh-huh. uh, live, and particularly because I love Slayer, and this is like, listen, it's a rip, and that's cool. I'm in it. I'm I'm into it. You know, it's great. But like this, the drum intro is very criminally insane, and I think oh, that's yes. I think that's intentional, um, which is you know, great. They do Slayer very well and there's Slayer all over this record. Really um, well. Yes, yeah. really well. <laughs> yeah. So like, so it's, it's like, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not saying like, I'm not criticizing for the rip. I'm actually like hats off for doing it so well, you know? You know um, there's so many bands who I think, think they're doing Slayer and they might be, but when I hear it, they're doing like, mm, 1994 Slayer. 
Yeah. You know, like divine intervention. Sure. Whereas like when I hear this, I'm hearing hell awaits, I'm hearing rain and blood, I'm hearing south of heaven, you know? Yeah. Yep. And uh, that is, that is the slayer I want to hear if I'm being, if I'm being honest. So. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's, it's, and it's really tough to do like playing with that, like, like really kind of slow to really fast thing is, yep. is tough dynamically. Oh, I mean, so this, to me, it's like this tempo reset, but, but exactly into the format you're saying, like, I, I just, I like, I appreciate that churning toward the end. And that's where I hear that sharp guitar. It's like, oh, okay. It's, it's, it's there. So yeah, um, that transition at the end, like into the mosh part is sick. I know. Um, I, I think, I think it's, it's almost like. I think there's a lot of bands who would have just gone, oh shit, we found the song. Let's build a whole record around Condition to Death. Yeah. And I don't think Power Trip does that here. I think it's like, yo, we've got this really cool, almost like you could use this as a formula for a whole record, but they don't. And that's that's one of the reasons I think this record really shines. For sure. Because the next song, Murderer's Row, to me, this is a hardcore song with metal accessories you know what i mean so structurally it feels more like a hardcore song they're doing more stuff they have the the like i don't know if it's i think it's on this song i know it's on crossbreaker but the like really echoey big new york gang vocals Mm -hmm. you know and um yeah like it gets to this and i think sequentially following condition to death you can't you could hear condition to death and then go into another very metal song and start to be like oh this is this is too metal yo they go into murderer's row which has much more of a hardcore energy to it and i just and and i think also tempo and structure mm-hmm. and it keeps it away from that by the way too metal quote unquote too metal not a thing anymore so <laughs> but it was a thing you know what i mean like you think about it when we were young that was a frequent refrain it was right? definitely a thing yeah i mean there was like there was the split between like new school hardcore and old school hardcore kind of that's thing right. so yeah yeah that's right and stuff like metalcore was all kind of in that new school world you know yeah um, exactly so that then that was kind of verboten if you will um for people who like the old stuff but here we are with power trip doing this like take on New York hardcore classic eighties, hardcore and punk meets well-educated thrash metal, uh, like encyclopedias. It's fucking awesome. So, well, that's the thing about it. It's like, they're, they're so steeped in it that you can't, even if you don't like it for whatever reason, you can't, there's nothing to criticize because they're like students of the game. You know, and that's that's respectable in and of itself. Just that they 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 clearly know what they're doing. One hundred percent. What do you think of this song, Murder's Row? Um, I think it's really. I think it's good. It's it's actually one of my favorites. Um, I love the I love the drums. I love the guitar lead. I I think it's a great ending to side one. I was listening to it on vinyl because I do own this. Spoiler alert. Me, me um, too. I'm so. adding this to my collection. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, one of the things that stood out to me is that just the mid-tempo feel of it. Yeah. So, like, I feel like this record is kind of front-loaded in the fast. And then most of the record is actually, like, kind of more mid-tempo-ish. Not wrong. And then they have, I think there's one song maybe towards the end that's a little faster at, at a certain part. But um, yeah, the, the song Power Trip has some faster parts to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That's just kind of what stuck out to me on this listen was just I thought because I think Nightmare Logic is more fast most yes. of the time. I mean, I would I would almost argue that Nightmare Logic is more hardcore, quote unquote, sure. but it's still got plenty of metal in it. So yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's all that stuck out to me. I mean, I love this song. I think it's great. Yeah, great song. All right. And and you know, great point on it as far as the A side, B side. I think that was conscious. I think that starting the B-side with the song Crossbreaker also works and the yeah. whole record flows. Um, and this is kind of like a cheat code for people out there. If you're in a band or you're writing music, whatever it is, if you write your record in a A-side, B-side format, it likely will sound good 
even when someone's listening to it on a streaming platform. Yeah. If you're being conscious of flow, which this record feels highly conscious of album flow, like it was meant to be listened to as an album. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, um, all right, Crossbreaker. This is like anthemic, uh, maybe even more than at other points on this record. I feel like this New York groove to it, like New York mm-hmm. hardcore groove. Um, I think the low end here that's meeting that, that crunching guitar um, and vocals here, uh, like exploding out of the room. Like this is the best vocal performance, I think, on the record. Yeah, this is a hit. Like yeah. bona fide hit. Um and this one, my only real note is that I feel like this one in particular is giving you kind of a hint at what's to come on Nightmare Logic, because oh, I do yeah. think that like Crossbreaker, there's just there's more of a like chorus kind of singalonginess and like memorableness to this song than there is on a lot of the tracks on this record. Yep. And with Nightmare Logic, there are a lot of songs. I mean, like. Executioner song, yeah. um, you know, like swing where of the axe, right? Yeah, yep. swing of the axe. Yeah, where, where there's just like these, like undeniable kind of choruses that you're gonna remember. Yep. They they kind of dialed that in on Nightmare Logic, where it's not quite dialed in here, but on Crossbreaker, I think it is. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. That's a good point. The the record doesn't have as many of those anthemic parts that you get to with Nightmare Logic. Yeah. And and I think they I, I, not to say that I don't think they were trying. I think I think when you get further in, I think the song Power Trip was going for that. Mm-hmm. And maybe didn't hit it the same way they eventually get to with uh, with with Nightmare Logic as a whole. Right. But yeah, Crossbreaker is to me the like man. Is this my favorite song of the record? Is it either my favorite or my second favorite? It's really high, but this is the one I'm playing first for somebody. You know. I mean, I think. Yeah, I'll I'll save it. Never mind. Okay, save it. Save it. Okay. Um, next song, Drowned. Drown, rather. Um, this, I said, Murderer's Row is a hardcore song with metal accessories. Drown is a metal song with hardcore as an accessory. Okay. Um, this is kind of that creeping death the whole way through, lurching, headbanging. Like, what stood out to me here is the drumming and the drum sound on this record. I love, I love it. <laughs> Dude, the drummer of this band is great. By the yes. way, just uh, gonna, I, I mean, the, everybody can. Everybody in this band is a killer player, but the yes. drummer is just as a drummer saying this. I mean, he's just he's great. So I believe the drummer of the band is Chris Ulsh, um, who has done a lot of other bands. Who, if you like Power Trip, you should hear the Impalers. You should hear Innumerable Forms. You should really track down Mammoth Grinder and Her- Hatred Surge. Um, Vasca, like this dude is a, uh, prolific player. The Impalers especially, I think are a fucking fantastic band. So I just, I, I love like the very, very, he's very selective about his drum fills. And I, I really appreciate that. That's a good point because he is playing in a way that's like, it almost feels dismissive to be like, Oh, he's playing in the pocket. He's so in control of the way he's playing. And you can hear it, but he's varied in that way that doesn't feel like he's doing. He's showing off or doing all the things he can do. Yeah, exactly. Does that make sense? He, yeah. he could definitely he could definitely show off if he wanted to, but he's just not. And that's that's for me. That's always that's that's always impressive. Yeah. Um, anything else on Drown? 
uh, I love the breakdown. Yeah. This this one for me, honestly, like I'm not. Uh, there's there's actually not a cut song on this record, but this is like my least favorite song on the record. If I'm being honest, <sighs> so there's this, just, there, there's less there's less there's just no like shine to this song no, in the way that there are shine to the other songs. I I understand. And I probably agree. I caught this one. Pete, as I was walking back home, I went on a walk today where I walked through the woods. So this one caught me walking the, through the woods. So like no one could see me. So like I was <laughs> headbanging. Like I was really like I was I was walking to the beat of it. It was like oh so Sick. so it sunk in a little better. So I guess I guess next time you're on a long walk, give this one a listen. Um, all right, all right. Let's do uh, the second to last song, Power Trip. I, I noted the theme song, if you will. Sure. Um, I love the riff, super energetic opening. The breakdown is awesome. I mean, they're really good at breakdowns. I know that I've mentioned that in every song, but they like killer breakdowns, which is, that's part of the differentiation between metal and hardcore to me, at least. I mean, I know that like Anthrax had good breakdowns and SOD had good breakdowns, but you know, hardcore is known for the breakdowns. Well, because there's like what often I think gets lost is that, the buildup is as important, but in reality, it's more important because you can't break down from something that's fucking mediocre. Right, exactly. Power Trip does no let off because they realize like, hey, if we're going to break something down, we better build something pretty fucking good. And I think that structural awareness is what leads to these great breakdowns. I mean, you know, if you if you want to hear what I'm talking about, go listen to the Bad Brains and listen sure. to the way their songs build up and they have all this speed, but then it feels like it just unravels at this just like just pin drop point where it's just boop and it's all chaos breaks loose. And that's the energy you get on this song for sure. Uh, several other points on this record where it's just like, oh my God, like... It's it's good that they it's only eight songs I guess you know because well, well that that and that's to your point before too. yeah I mean that's to your point before about um kind of the the hardcore versus metal thing like mm-hmm. I feel like if they were if they were a true metal band they would have had a twelve song record and it right. would be an hour like, long living in excess yeah sure <laughs> yeah but like but eight songs is short for an LP but at the same time if the songs are four minutes long it's a 35 minute record and it's kind of perfect. Yep. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, power trip it's, it's, this is another one too. That's very slayer by the way. Um, Oh, oh but yeah. In, like in the best way. So, um, the lyrics on the song really kind of marry the metal and hardcore themes. It's like this very anti-authority song, but also has this like United and strong thing going on, you know, like, yeah, like, no, we say fuck you kind of energy. <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, shout out to that. I thought that was a cool, cool tie-in. And the last song on the record, which might be my favorite song on the record, "Hammer of Doubt." Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to disagree with you. This okay. is awesome. Um, this one has the heavy, like New York hardcore blend in that that I that just gets me as a sucker. Mm-hmm. Um, about a minute thirty in. There's this like guitar bending melody part that feels like it's straight off like a leeway record or something, you know, and it's um, then it's right back into the like speed metal thrashing parts. Yeah. And I just it, it just it's uh, it's caramel swirl, man. It's it's delicious, <laughs> delicious ice cream with that caramel swirl that feels so good. Um, no, this is a killer song. And I mean, I, I think that the only thing that I noted is is like this is another one that just like Crossbreaker, it kind of hints at nightmare logic in the way that like I talked about the sharpness before of the production. It's not just about the production. It's also about um, like just the sharpness of like, like the time signature breaks and like the symbol grabs and things like that. Like, it's super dialed in on this song. Yes. In, yes. in, in, in this way that it, it, it isn't in other songs yep. on this record, but that's something that they did like live. You, well, this well, song li- over, and, and on nightmare I mean, logic, I, like, sure. like live. Yeah. But like, but on nightmare logic, like that's, that's something that they just kind of took to the next level that, that is super impressive. I mean, maybe and, that's part of what's so satisfying about nightmare logic is that 
there were a lot of things they were hinting at on this record that they sure kind of deliver on. Yeah. Um, man, this is a band who I was really, really, really looking forward to what their next record was going to sound like because I, they clearly had more hits in them. You know, they clearly had tracks in them to go and you just wonder where it was going to, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, that's super interesting to me too. I, I, I think I, I watched, a. I think it was a later interview with Riley and he was talking about how he was listening to like the last bolt thrower record a lot. Okay. And I was like, wow, very interesting. I wonder where this is going, you know? So, <laughs> but, but he's obviously only one piece of the puzzle. So exactly. Who knows well, exactly. How it and, gone. and, um, I think that's one of the beauties of these things is all that kind of energy gets mixed in the pot and you see what comes out. All right. So let's, uh, let's go through cause we did the track to track track by track. Um, length is this record too long does it drag no yeah no yes like like again a new uh new tracks pod uh record i think it's eight songs in 34 minutes nailed it perfect yeah thank you thank you um if anybody's wondering why pete and i are always like this record's too long this record's too long listen to this record and as it breezes through you realize we're like yeah that's what we want all the time Something that just breezes <laughs> through you. Um, yep. Album flow. Does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? No. There's there's lots of thought to this and the 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 transitions and everything. It's 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 really well done. Completely agree. Um, quality of the songs and lyrics. Uh, I think there's at least two, maybe three, th- four, maybe songs on here that I'd consider just like modern hits like modern classics of of their genre like that are going to be on metal playlists for the next hundred years and hardcore and punk playlists till the end of time you know like come on right like Uh, i said i think there's one song that like doesn't hit me the way that the others do but even that is like i'll take it yo and 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 by the way um how do they stand up against their contemporaries I want to just point this out and like make it like circle highlighter the whole thing. Like, you know, when you do something really bad on a test in school where they're like, no, no, I need to make sure you see this. Like I'm going to make you initial <laughs> next to it to show that you, you see what you did here. They had no peers. They, they, they somehow navigated the world of punk and hardcore and transitioning into metal so gracefully and so thoughtfully mm-hmm. that I don't know if it'll be replicated, even though they just painted everyone a roadmap on how to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a funny thing to say. Like, oh, I don't know if somebody will do this again. It's like, well, wh- 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 can't they just do that? It's like, well, yeah, you're right. They could just do what, what they did. Um, That's very interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I don't... When is the last time a metal band who sounds like this rose to prominence like a very like a modern take on a classic sound but doing it in a fresh way like yo i mean pete you're you're a pretty big fan of metal in general and like have a pretty good awareness i think of all things metal like broadly speaking Mm -hmm. when's the last time there was a new thrash metal band that you were like hey they're cool and it feels fresh I mean, nothing I'm aware of currently. There's a lot of legacy acts. And Power Trip was doing this kind of style, but with such energy and like, and a little bit of a new twist to it because they bring in that punk and hardcore like mindset and like rip their throat out vibe that, that bands who are on album 15 can't compete with. And that bands yeah. across the metal and like aggressive music for all things said spectrum were envious of and like, yo, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get these guys. <laughs> like like this that's is the, the whole, band we need to go out with. That's the whole thing, man. It's, it's so that's, it's just one of the frustrations of like, you know, being like, if you're a musician and you're trying to like do the thing, it's really tough because there is this intangible quality to them that like, I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know exactly what it is, but there is this just energy to them that like a lot of, you know, bands trying to do similar things to them can't pull off somehow. 
and I don't know what that is exactly. I can't articulate it. Right. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. They had it. They had it. Um, all right. Timelessness. Yes. I think it's timeless. Yeah. I think it's timeless in a way where if we pulled it back and dropped it into 1987, uh, everybody would be like, shit, these dudes beat us. These dudes whooped our fucking asses. <laughs> so, um, and I think it's influence and impact will continue and they are underrated for their influence in the hardcore and punk spectrum. They have brought mm. metal parts in these guitar and kind of just like structures and the way they, they play that people who don't know they're aping it are aping it because it's just in the DNA now. Right. So, yeah. Um, and then Which is like the, 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 the deepest, the deepest influence. Yeah. 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 Like, yo, th- these dudes aren't just uh, the, the, the um they're not just the the copy machine you're just getting free copy they're not just the the paper you're making the copies on stealing paper they're the fucking copy machine right they're the ones who you know they they schooled you on what to look at and what to 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 pull from you know so so major credit on that and then presentation the artwork roll out all that artwork's fucking rad (laughs) it's really good so rad so here's my one question for you what cover do you like better Manifest Decimation or Nightmare Logic? I like the artwork of Manifest Decimation better. I think I do too. I really like the cover art of Nightmare Logic. I actually really like the imagery. The colors just pop a little bit better with Manifest Decimation. Yeah. Uh, the image, when you look at the cover of Nightmare Logic, you can... St- I wonder if... it's It's almost like it's washed out a bit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. When you start looking around, you start to see there's a lot going on there. So, uh, so shout out to that. I, I think that's cool. Um, all right, um, we're gonna go through and give our rating. What do you? What will you give Manifest Decimation as a rating? So for me, I have to I have to think about Nightmare Logic in comparison, right? Um, uh, yeah, context matters. And. Frankly, musically, I like Nightmare Logic better. Yep. Um, so as a result, and you know, I I mentioned my kind of reservations with the with the production here. The songs are there. I just I wish the production was a little sharper. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Okay, great. I am going to, as I said, I went in thinking Nightmare Logic was my clear preference and i'm not sure now so that speaks well of manifest decimation i am going to give it a uh shit i'm gonna give it a 3.5 on paper and a five out of five from my heart so uh (laughs) this is an important record i think it's a special record it's important record to a lot of people um so Give it your time and attention. If you like it, move forward to Nightmare Logic. Move backward to Opening Fire. Um, do the world a solid. Be kind to each other. Uh, if not for yourself, uh, but for uh, the memory of a great guy. 100%. Reach out to your friends. Be nice to everybody. One thing, Bob. Yes, sir. I'm going to introduce a new thing here. Oh, introduce a new thing. Before we leave, for next week, if anyone wants to prep, we are going to be talking about a record by a band called Felt. Yes. The record is called Forever Breathe the Lonely Word. Felt. Forever Breathe the Lonely Word. It's on Spotify. We'll see you next week.
Oh, you're mad to progress I'm in here, I think you did it